0: We are jumping into a brand new series. And what I want to um, start out by saying to you guys is know what you believe and why you believe it. Something we say pretty often around here. Know what you believe and why you believe it. See, it's really important to actually know what you believe and why you believe it. But it's even more important in your 20s, right? Because you guys get hit with like every philosophy, every worldview, every religion, every ideology, And it's so important to have your flag staked, to know where you stand. You see, um, not knowing what you believe kind of categorizes my 20s. And as things hit me from different different angles, life happened. I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know why I believed in anything in the first place. And it was just chaos. And when I needed that foundation, when I needed that foundation, That solid ground to say, this is where I stand. It wasn't there. It wasn't there because I hadn't planted my flag. So know what you believe in and why you believe it. And this is uh, why we're jumping into this next series. Um, we're, We're just taking a short look at the book of Ephesians because it really is a crash course in Christianity. I would say not basic Christianity, but Christianity because Nothing Paul says is basic at all, right? I mean he just hammers it out. And we're gonna look at it. We're gonna we're gonna dig into some stuff. A couple of weeks ago I asked you guys to, to give me some topics and stuff you wanted to jump into. And as I was always looking at that list, believe it or not. Paul addresses every single one of those like spiritual gifts, discernment, all of that stuff. He jumps into every bit of it in his book too, in his letter to the Ephesians. So we're gonna jump into that. So if you're here and you're already a, a, a solid, you know, follower of Jesus Christ, this is gonna be an awesome, like, you know, I'm gonna get my footing right kind of a thing. Maybe you're here and you're kind of kicking the tires, you got a lot of questions. Hey, this is gonna be really good for you too, because hopefully we'll be able to jump into some of those hard questions, some of those um, things, those questions that you have. So tonight, tonight we're jumping into Ephesians chapter 1, so if you want to jump there in your Bibles, um, we're going to get into that in just a second. But I want to ask you guys a question. you probably heard this before, super cliche, uh, but I want you to know that as I ask this, I mean this with all sincerity. What is your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is So important. You guys remember your grad party? What's the question everybody asked you? What's next, right? Your grad party, what's next? And then uh, you graduate, maybe some of you have graduated undergrad, right? And then it's, uh, okay, so what's next? Maybe you're starting a family, maybe you're planning a, a, a wedding, and you get married, and then it's like, okay, so what's next? And the pressure to know what's next is like real, right? It's so real. It's so real. People, like, you know, they just expect you to know, like, hey, I know exactly what God wants me to do. In fact, that's one of the most frequent conversations that I have with people is, is, hey, how do I know what God wants me to do with my life? How do I know? And so this is, I think, a huge thing for us. Um, and what about things that are similar, like deciding between colleges? Maybe you've already figured out I want to study biology, right? But then you get accepted to a couple of colleges and you're like, I don't know, does God want me to go to this school or this school? Or does God want me in this job or this job? Or does God want me in this relationship or this relationship? And I think ultimately at the end of the day, there are different kinds of purpose in life, right? There's that capital P, purpose. That thing that you're created for, that reason that you're on this earth and then there are little p purposes, those functions, those roles, those, um, those things that you jump into in different situations in life. And I believe that until we settle on the big one, these little decisions, right? And I'm, I'm not saying they're small in terms of importance, right? Where you go to college is super important. Relationships, one of the most important decisions. But until we settle this purpose thing here, all these you know other decisions they're kind of hard to navigate, and they seem unclear, and maybe you've got different options and you're like man i don't know if I 'm hearing God's voice or if this is my own desire or if this is my own um, if this is my own will or if this is my own goals in life i don't know if this is of God and I believe once we get that big p that capital p purpose out of the way, settled, resolved, and we know what it is that these others kind of um, be, become a little easier to talk about, a little easier to answer. So what is your purpose? What is your purpose? We're going to look at a passage tonight where I believe Paul gives us that answer. And it's really beautiful um, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1. So a little bit of background on Ephesians. Um, so Paul, if you don't know who he is, He was a devout Jew, he was raised um, with the influence of the Hellenistic culture, so he was highly educated, devout Jew, very passionate, and uh, as this new idea, these, these believers, these people of the way began to organize and they were growing, he thought this was heresy and he hated them. And he did everything he could to persecute them and to, to drive them out. Because according to his faith, according to his beliefs, they were way off. And he had a life-changing encounter on a way to actually go persecute some Christians. And he realized, he realized for the first time in his life, you see, Paul loved Yahweh. Paul loved Yahweh, and he realized for the first time in his life that this God that he loved, that he served, was actually Jesus. It was actually Jesus. And it turned his life upside down. He was this God that he had been loving and serving and devoted his life to. All of a sudden, he realized that this God is Jesus. Suddenly, everything turned upside down for him. He spent some time kind of like processing that information, right? And then he got busy, and this guy planted churches. He wrote most of the New Testament, and so he is uh, just a powerful figure in the early Christian church because he could articulate this stuff so well. And, uh, and that's the guy that wrote this letter to uh, a church in a city called Ephesus, Okay, and this church was not like one particular building. It was actually a collection of churches. So his letter to them was intended to be circulated and passed around. And so it wasn't intended for one audience, but different, cult- different, um, different churches, different people groups inside of that city. And so that's what we're looking at. We're looking at his letter to the Ephesians. Now, Paul went out on three different missionary journeys Um, that we see in the New Testament. And on his second missionary journey on his way back, that's when he stopped at Ephesus. He planted this church, and then he left. He went home, and it was a couple years later on his third missionary trip back out that he stopped there, and he spent three years just pouring in to this community, the city. It was a thriving metropolis of its day, and it was there that that the church at Ephesus was founded. And then a couple of years later, a couple years later, he is imprisoned in Rome, and it was there, he knew he was nearing the end of his life because um, of, of what he saw coming in in the near future, and it was there that he penned this letter, and it's so important to kind of have that background story of, of what was it that prompted Paul to write this letter, what prompted him to reach out to this church at Ephesus, and... Um, and we see that actually in this letter. We see uh, what he's really trying to bring across, and it's beautiful, and we're going to take a look at that. Um, and one of the things that Paul does that's really common for him with his letters is he kind of takes the first half of his letter and he talks about what you should believe, right? Paul was a, uh, a big-time supporter of this This, uh, you know, you got to know what you believe and why you believe it, right? So he spends the whole first half of his letter talking about what you should believe. And the second half of his letter is, how does that apply to my life? How do I live these beliefs out? And so he lays this foundation for what we should believe. And that is where we're landing in tonight is that first chapter of that book to those Ephesians. Okay, so. We are going to be in chapter 1, are we looking at verses 3 all the way through 14? Um, and I'm just going to read through it, it's a lot, I'm going, to, I'm going to prepare you, it's a lot. Paul is like the master of commas and semicolons, and uh, yeah, he probably failed English, but uh, anyway, all right, here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavishes on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ. As a plan... For the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance. Having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things. According to his counsel and will. So that we who were the first to set our hopes on Christ. Might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also. When you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. That's a lot, right? (laughs) Paul just literally like laid it on us. I love... Love how he writes. He's so eloquent with his words. So I have a question for you guys. Who in here likes musicals? Raise your hand if you like musicals. Who in here loves musicals? Like it's your thing. Okay. All right. So my wife, this is this is my wife, Jessa. She's on the front row. Wave, Jessa. Hi. She loves musicals. In fact, she loves the sound of music. She knows all the words to all the songs, and she sings them, like even when the movie's not playing. And uh, I tried to watch the movie. I really did. I really did. I really tried. Um, Yeah. I guess the thing that bugs me is that, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to follow the plot. I'm trying to follow the character uh, development and see where this movie is going, and then them in, don't let them see, be the good girl you always have to be, concealed. don't feel, don't let them know, well now they know, let it go, let it go, can't hold it back, Right, give it up, yeah, way to go, good job, good job. I will never forget Lane singing that entire song by heart on the bus ride back from camp, man, way to go. You got this, dude, way to go, man. <laughs> no, that was awesome, you guys did great, but honestly, like, you're there, you're following the plot, and then it's like the song interrupts everything, at least in my opinion, it does. It's kind of like, kind of reminds me of um The Princess Bride, that guy who's like, always trying to sing out the song okay anyway so paul is writing this letter to the ephesians okay and and he kind of has a formula that you can you can see it repeated in every one of his letters he starts with like a salutation where he's like hey i'm paul an apostle of christ right and he's he's identifying himself and then he jumps right into his uh, prayer of thanksgiving where he's saying thank you for your faith, thank you. And so he's talking about like identifying who he's writing to, and he's saying, thank you for your faith. He's saying, thank you for um, you know, your hard work of spreading the gospel and all that you do um, to build the church. And um, interestingly, in this letter only, Paul breaks his pattern. He breaks his pattern. He doesn't jump right into Jump right into that prayer of thanksgiving, and I, I think it's important for us to think about, it's almost like he has this uncontainable break into spontaneous singing moment, right? He actually changes his entire genre, so so typically, you know, in this letters, he's very pastoral, and he's very um, caring, and he's he's addressing theological issues, but this particular section that I just read you, verses 3 through 14, he actually changes. He, he jumps into a structure that's poetic. And it actually mirrors a Jewish prayer of blessing. A Jewish poem of blessing. And I see this and I'm like, okay, this is Paul's like, sp- like spontaneous moment of singing. He pulls in an Elsa and it's like he just can't contain what he has to say we just read it but what is he trying to say what's so exciting and I feel like if he's going to put everything that he typically does when he writes these letters if he's going to put it on hold then we should probably take a moment and pay attention to it and see what he actually says and what he gets into the gospel the gospel Paul is like the iconic champion of the gospel. But it's a little different here. He's, like I said, he's in this poetic, um, you know, uh, song kind of um, uh, genre as he's writing. It seems like he's excited about what he's talking about. And he's going on and on and on. And Paul stops every single thing to enumerate these blessings from Christ. Blessings that were brought about by Jesus and are available to the believer. And we just want to go through these blessings really quickly. And uh, I won't spend a lot of time on them, but you could certainly uh, screenshot if you want to have those for your records. But okay, so uh, first is Jesus blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now what's interesting here is that we praise God. Jesus, we praise God when He is, when He uh, blesses us financially or physically or materially. How much more so have we been blessed when He has blessed us spiritually, right? And that's what Paul's talking about here. Number two is He chose you before the world existed. Pretty amazing. Paul's stoked about this. Number three, He has made us holy. He's made us holy. Um, in the temple, all the all the decor, all the um, items that were used in temple worship were um, brought aside and they were consecrated and they were um, made holy. They were purified, and this is what Jesus Christ has done for us. He's set us apart for His good work in our lives. Number four, God has made us blameless. Through Jesus Christ. God has made us blameless through Jesus Christ. No one can bring a charge against you before God because of Jesus. Number five, he is in control of our destiny. He's in control of our destiny. He alone prescribes our, our value and our worth. I think um, top three most important questions that we have to answer in life. Number one, what do we do with the fact that there is a God? Number two, who do we spend the rest of our life with? And number three, where do we find our value and our worth? And I think those that goes hand in hand with this idea of purpose, a purpose. And Jesus Christ is the very source of our purpose and our meaning and our value. Number six is he's adopted us into his family. He's adopted us into his family. I love the language here. Family's permanent. Family is belonging. Family is identity. We have a new identity. We have a new place that we belong. Jesus has done that for us. Number seven, we have been redeemed. We've been redeemed. I love that word, redeemed. It's like Jesus has brought beauty from the ashes of our lives. If you consider yourself a follower, just for one second, think about that thing that Christ delivered you from. I know in my life, every single day, I feel like I have to pinch my skin because uh, I was there in a place of addiction, and toxic relationships and, and uh, it really had no outlook of hope. and Christ redeemed that. He redeemed it. love that. Eight. We have and will continue to receive His forgiveness for our sins. Forgiveness. And this word literally means to let go, to let it go. I don't know about you guys, but like oftentimes, I just um, would think about what, li- what, what, what you know was in my past, and I would often think like that is way too bad for anyone to ever forgive if they really knew what I did. If they really knew the people that I had hurt, the things that I had done to myself and others, it's unforgivable. And yet, right here, Christ, because of him, we've been forgiven. Number nine, we have obtained an inheritance. Talking about family and adoption. I love this because this is like, this is like the thing that marks that you're a part of the family. is the fact that you have obtained an inheritance It's waiting for you. And number 10, we've received the Holy Spirit. We've received the Holy Spirit who is our comforter and our guide to all truth. He convicts us. He guides our lives. And he has been made available to us through Christ. Paul is like losing his mind, right? He's so excited he stops what he normally does, and he says, No, I just gotta tell you about what Jesus did, what he did for us, just in case you didn't know. It's one, two, three, four, five, and six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's all these things that he's done. In Jesus. I don't know if you caught that. He says it ten times. Actually, in this in this short passage, he says, in Jesus ten times. We are made blameless. No one can bring a charge against us in Jesus. We've been adopted into the family of God, and now we stand to receive an inheritance in Jesus. See, Paul says it over and over, and um, he's, he's painting a picture for us for what it means to know Christ. For what it means to know Christ. You see, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord, we moved from being a fan to a follower. We surrender our lives to the King of Kings. All these invaluable, immeasurable, inconceivable blessings become ours in Christ. Being in Christ equals knowing Christ. But why would he do all of these things for us? What is the reason? Why would Jesus accomplish all these things for us? And I think we see the answer for that in verses 6, 12, and 14. He repeats the same phrase. And you guys know songs, right? You have a chorus. You have a chorus, and what do you do? You repeat the chorus maybe a couple of times or three times, right? This is Paul's chorus in his spontaneous worship moment, his singing out. This is his chorus for the praise of his glory, for the praise of his glory. In other words, when we were separated from God because of sin, Jesus came and freely gave his life god paid the way back to him god paid the way back to him breaking into these moments of spontaneous worship because we can't contain the joy the life the freedom the newness the new identity the inheritance that we have in christ your purpose on this planet, that big P, purpose, let's settle it right now. Your purpose is to know God through his son and to worship him all of your days. Your purpose in life is to know God through his son and to worship and praise him all of your days. Now that doesn't mean that you gotta sing a worship song every single day. What that means is is that your life is lived in worship. Your life becomes that masterpiece of worship. Maybe you're here and you call yourself a follower as the band comes up. Maybe you're here and you call yourself a follower and we think about this. Paul gave us this perfect example, right? He's, he's reaching out. He's the pastor. He's the, the iconic pastor, right? He's wanting to preach to his church and he's wanting to communicate to them and encourage them and share with them. And he says, I have to stop, I have to pause all of that and just worship my Father in heaven. I have to worship God for what he did through Jesus. If you're here and you call yourself a follower, the one thing I want to say about worship for you is that worship and praise should invade every aspect of your life. Yes, you should sing those worship songs out. Proud. But you should live a life of worship. Worship should invade your thoughts. Maybe you're driving down the, the road to work, and 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 maybe things are frustrating, maybe they're not. Who, who knows? But you're in that car in that moment, and you're just like, Abba, I love you. Thank you for being my father. Thank you for what you've made available. Thank you for delivering me from addiction or broken relationship. Worship should invade every aspect of your life. Lastly, maybe you're here and, and you've been checking out this Christianity thing for a while. Maybe you've got a lot of questions that need answering, serious questions. But maybe if you're honest with yourself at the end of the day, when you heard Paul talking about being chosen and having an inheritance and being adopted and having a family and a new identity, maybe deep down inside you want him to be describing your life. I just want to invite you this evening if you are kind of checking this Christianity thing out maybe you're in a place where Christ is reaching out to you this evening Paul said he chose you before the foundations of the earth he chose you And he goes on to say that we've been forgiven. Maybe you're here and and you're thinking that, yeah, but whatever happened in my past is way too bad to forgive or, or hard to forgive. Maybe I can't even let it go. Maybe I'm just buried in shame. I want you to know that tonight, forgiveness is there. It's there. And it literally means to let go. I just want to invite you to um, bow your heads. We're just going to close in prayer. Father, if there's someone here who maybe for the first time in their life they see a way to say yes to you, to your purposes for their lives. I pray that they would just um, just pray this prayer to themselves. Jesus. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Thank you for the forgiveness that's available. I receive it. and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Guys, don't let tonight pass. If there's unfinished business, if you are here and you feel like there's something that God is calling you to, to talk to someone about, talk to someone. If you're here and God is reaching out and and uh, Maybe he's calling you to pray about something with somebody. We have people here um, as we jump into these worship songs. Um, Amanda, she's one of our leaders. She's amazing. She's going to be on one side. I'll be on the other. Please don't hesitate to come up and just pray with us. But don't leave that unfinished business on the table when you leave here this evening. Leave here knowing that you've had an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of each and every person here. I've heard stories, so many stories over the last two months of as I've gotten to know these individuals of the ways that you are changing lives, the ways that you are making people new in you, in Christ. All of these blessings available in you. Thank you for the price that you paid. Help us to just remember our purpose every single day that we exist to know you through your son, Jesus Christ, and to worship and praise you every single day with every breath that we breathe. In Jesus' name, amen.